Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic. I am your host, Chris Bowds, uh, on this uh, Treble Treble podcast. I'm joined by Kieran Harran. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Armani. Evening, Chris. And Dave Flanagan. All right, it's a pleasure to be here. Good stuff. Do you prefer Dave, David? Whatever you like, mate. Could have asked that before we started, but it's a bad start. Um, so... Before we get into the into the final, into the treble, treble, into uh, the managerial situation, um, just a little couple of little callouts. Uh, this is your last uh, free podcast of the season. It will be Patreon only until next season. Um, also. Uh, since Louis isn't here, iTunes. iTunes exists. iTunes has reviews. You can give us a five-star review. That's the only one that you can give, I believe. It is, uh, absolutely. You, you, you might feel otherwise, just unfortunately you can't You can't do that. So you can go in, you can give us a five-star review. Uh, let the people know, especially Louis, that you love him. He needs, he needs the validation, so please let Louis know you love him. Exactly. Um, if you're needing a, your football fix, your Celtic fix over the summer, um, then you can go to patreon.com slash Cynic, sign up for the price of a couple of pints, and you will get all sorts of uh, podcasts throughout the summer, um, whether that's uh, tactical analysis, whether that's things like our piece on the director of football, which I believe uh, you've listened to, Sir Manny. I've started listening to it. Well, good. And that's if you're going to sell it. Started. It's a so. commute. It's a commute one, you know. And uh, I'd, I listened to the reaction pod, which was a belter, and then I started the uh, director of football one, which I'll finish tomorrow. Beautiful. Bit too much Christian uh, in it, but apart from that, it's not bad, yeah. Yeah. The reaction pod was amazing, though. Didn't it was. Yeah. Danny's reaction was worth a listen alone. It was fantastic. Yes. Gal's dad needs to be on more pods. Um, hi. So, uh, sign up, patreon.com slash nightminutecynic. A uh, couple of pints. Uh, there's three tiers, but, you know, tier three is the one. That's, that's what the cool guys do. Um, aye, the game. How are we feeling? What, what what were our thoughts? The lineup comes out. Dave? Pretty much the team I depict. I think only, I suppose there was the, the Incham Rogic question, but I think you could have legislated for either, given the season that both have had to be honest um, so I had no complaints about the lineup. Yeah I I try to think if I was on the podcast before I'm pretty sure I was but I wouldn't have picked Tam but at the same time it's a cut final he's done it before it's Tam it's Tam Keel certainly is I was kind of <clears throat> I was glad he was in there and I thought he's had a relatively poor season um, but this was the last game. This was the cup final. This is the this is the game. The result we needed to get the treble treble. And I thought, like the, the player he can be, he would step up. He's done it at Parkhead before. I remember the one against Aberdeen when it was the last minute. I think maybe it was injury time. We won two one. Just came out of nowhere and got that final. So I was kind of glad that he was there. The other one was left back. There was a contention. Obviously Tierney was made available. They said, um, but. I would rather have Johnny Hayes at the back than Toljan. Um, Johnny Hayes gets forward quite well. He can get a good cross in. There's always question marks about his defensive qualities. But then, if we're always in the ascendancy, then we don't really need to defend if we're always up the park. But um, now the, the, the start, I was quite glad Johnson was in there because I thought I thought they more played him 
Oh no, because Forrest was in the right Because I know they had their wee 16 left, 16 year old left back So I was glad that either Forrest or jo- um, Johnson would have been got at, got at him But uh, no, I was happy with this lineup. Mikey Johnson, was that was that fair after his performance to come in? Yeah, I'd say so I mean, talking about Tam and, and, and Cham I know Sinclair scored some goals this season But in terms of effective performances There haven't been too many standouts this season Um even though Johnson had been thrown to the wolves twice at Ibrooks, um, his performance the week before just highlighted that there's a lot of talent there. So I think that was the right call. Um, in terms of his performance in the day, he did okay. Um, he wasn't, you know, I don't think many people stood out apart from maybe Eddie, but he did okay. Um, and enough to consider, you know, do we loan him out or do we keep him? Do we integrate him into the squad? So in terms of the lineup, same. I agree with Dave and 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 Keelan that. It wasn't particularly contentious. As I say, you could have tossed a coin between Cham and Rogic. They've both not performed to the levels that they should be performing this season. So, yeah, you can't you, you can't point to that um, that the lineup has been uh, the reason for the performance. But um, it, it certainly it certainly didn't work out. Well, it did work out, but you know what I mean. The performance wasn't great. Uh, before we get into the game, Dave Toljan, what's your what's your feeling on that? This is your debut, isn't it? It is, yes, it is my debut. Um, if I can respond with just a sound, it would be, oh. You can. There's so much yep. so much hope that he was going to be... The cultured left-back, that was the feeling. Cultured. I don't know can why. Play, can play both sides. But, no, I... Ah. Nothing else to say, really. Yeah, his would have been your choice. Absolutely. Yep. Fine, fine. Um, so let's get into the game. That first half, it was incredible. That first half was vintage. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of first half that you'll just watch on YouTube, steaming for years and years and years to come. Um, you, you, there's a number of factors you can put into it. I mean, it, it's been fashionable since Lennon came to point the finger at him and let's. We, we might very well get on to that later on pointing the finger at Lennon but it's in the agenda it is it's, it's definitely on the agenda but clearly this team is running on fumes they're absolutely gubbed too many of those players that are playing out there have played far too much football um, and the occasion I mean the, the fact is it was as much as Hearts aren't a particularly good side they're strong they're physical and the, the occasion of you know having the, the the weight of the treble treble uh, on your shoulders for me it certainly affected the performance it just looked like a team who have kind of bust a gut for so long haven't had a proper break and I don't know how long um, and, and managed to just get over the line um, you know on fumes um, but as a you know it's, the first half's not something that you're certainly going to savour or watch back again in fact it was it was it was absolutely you know, terrible to watch. There was not, there wasn't much redeeming uh, football from either side in it. So, um, yeah, things improved slightly in the second half, but you know, it certainly wasn't vintage. Kieran, no, I echo the same as Samani. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, it was just a lot of kind of possession in midfield, um, just not creating any many chances enough, um, not clear cut ones either. Um, Probably 
happy the fact of um, there was always a big talk of their big lad like Pezu playing I think if he had played he might have bullied the centre-halves a wee bit more um, could, have, could have went a different way but um, without him <coughs> sorry we just they didn't really threaten us at all either in the first half um, managed to kind of turn it around the second half and get into the game more um, thankful for getting that penalty as well to kind of to help us level it um, cool head on Hedy stepping up to take that quite a quite a very kind of pressured moment for him um, and then obviously getting the winner um, uh, once that was in it was just like you're just like you're just counting down for the whistle to go you're just waiting for it, waiting for it to go on so yeah and Dave what, do you think that the first half performance you think that was lethargy lethargy is that a word that doesn't sound right Um Lethargy in the parts of the players, or was Hearts performing well to shut us down, or what? What do you think was happening? The first half was pretty much, I think, a continuation of ninety percent of the football we've seen since Lennon took over. Um, it was the kind of half that sent Levine in happy at, at halftime, and that's never that's never a good sign. You never want to shoot for that. Um, the kind of turgid, paceless nil nil is you know, that's right up his right up his alley. So it was. It was a very poor half of football. And um, Keelan had kind of jumped ahead to the, the penalty. Was it a penalty? Yes. Yep, 100%, Sarmani? I don't think so. Um, and a, a lot of Celtic fans will say it was. I, I'm not sure it was, but that makes it all the sweeter. That, that, Levine, I'm surprised Levine never said too much about it earlier. Um, at the time, I seen even watching the replays, I was like, I'm not sure. I, if you put it, look at it objectively, and if that had been given against us, you'd be raging, I think. Um, but no, I, I, I don't care that it wasn't, but I, I don't think it was actually. It looked like slight of the touches, but it, it's the way the keepers just went flying out. He's given the ref no option because he's going flying out, it doesn't look in control. Um, Obviously, he's moving the ball, so the slightest of touch is going to put him off balance. But um, it's that uh, kind of still with that penalty in the end. Soft one, soft one, soft. It was a penalty, and Sarmani. I grew up around a lot of Rangers fans, and I'm happy we've had one in the pod. Uh, but it was definitely a penalty. Come on, come on. Are you insinuating that I support Rangers because I didn't think it was a penalty? That's exactly what's happening. That's uber temper from me. Because when you can say it's not a penalty but you don't care and you've not got a problem with cheating, that just means that you're an ultimate Tim. That's why I am. The ultimate Tim. The ultimate Tim. Get that to handle changed. I think it was it was different to the, the one the League Cup final, which was even obviously from a Celtic point of view, one of, I think one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. The uh, the Sinclair Outside of the, it was the McKenna outside the box handball that Sinclair missed in the League Cup final. So it was one that, when you see it in real time, you can legislate for why the ref gave it. Whereas that one was just heinous. Um, aye, but it was as you say when he stepped up, he he was absolutely clinical. Keeper went the right way. Didn't have a I stopped that. To be honest, he didn't have a chance. Get surrounded by Angels fans, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Who was it he scored against when he got the, the penalty the last time? Put it in the same place. Aberdeen. Was it Aberdeen? Because I'd said, I was on the pod just after that, and um, he placed both of them well, but I remember saying at the time to Gal, 
he doesn't look even though he took it well and he scored it well it didn't it didn't fill me with, it didn't make me think he's going to score a penalty every time he steps up and takes mm-hmm. it which is daft because both of them were placed really well to be perfectly honest but there is something about them you know we've often had penalty takers who you just don't know if they're going to score or not very few yeah. very few times have we had somebody where you're supremely confident in them and I must admit that Edward hasn't filled me with huge now again that's based on nothing more than the keeper dived the right way both times but still it's still a wee bit concerning I'd love us to have a guy like Balotelli or De Canio who sends the keeper the wrong way every time but um, hopefully Edward proves me wrong but it, it just it, it was just a wee bit I don't know just a wee niggle I've got about him going forward yeah. um, so I so uh, before that penalty Hearts obviously got the first goal what was your feelings there did that was it heads down was that this is the bit up the arse that we actually need because Celtic tend not to actually play until that happens I think there was a probably not a, an immediate spark in the way of like the uh, the Leipzig game where we score 12 seconds later I think we did turn it on a wee bit after the Hearts goal and then obviously significantly more after the um, we got the equaliser though it was never I don't think at any point that looked like we were going to get another three or four and we were going to batter them um, although it wasn't obviously first half bad yeah I, I think there was we came out there, there was a little bit of energy there was a little bit of hope in that second half as opposed to as you say just the, the turgid performance we'd seen in the first half Um the second goal, the the difference maker, Messer Messer Lustig. Uh, the assist, although assists don't matter, as we've been told. Um, it's a high. No, I was going to say it's a high expected assist, but it probably would have been very. Low. Probably, probably would have been Half-way very line header. I mean, the the defence was was um, was uh, was caught napping, but I mean, I I said when Edward hit the penalty, it's it's a wee niggle I've got going forward about him. Not being confident. One thing I'm a million percent confident with him, even though you can't get more than a hundred percent, is him in a one-on-one. Now you've seen Griffiths over the years. A lot of the time he would get through to go one-on-one, and he would hit the keeper, or he wouldn't finish it. Edward is ice cool. See when he did it, when he done it against. Um, which we call McGregor when we beat them 2-1 earlier this season when he was running through just real confidence that he was going to finish when Lustig put the header to him and it broke to him there's just something when he's in those positions he's ice cool now I know he had a couple of one-on-ones that were a lot closer to the goalkeeper in the first half um, where the keeper maybe put his hand up or whatever Um they weren't as clear cut for me um, but the fact of the matter is he'd, he tried to dink the keeper a couple more times and when he went through there it was just as I say ice cool supreme confidence um, and you just I, I just knew he was going to finish it at the time um, for such a young guy the confidence that was oozing out him was just unbelievable um, and I know he cost us £9 million and, and, and everything but that was just a pure match winner there. The, the, the fact that he, to finish so nervous, nervelessly um, in such an occasion like that was just unbelievable and you, you could probably say that's repaid his transfer fee right away you know I, say, I think it's money well spent and as you say you just you, he decided he was scoring it the keeper had no the keeper the defence had not, no say in whether he scored it was Eddie 
who was deciding if he was scoring or not. Because he, he had the right thing as well. <clears throat> he got height in the shot. So once, because the keeper was obviously going down low, so he did the right thing by putting it over the keeper instead of putting it to either left or right of him because the keeper could have spread himself and could have got a foot to it or something like that. But the fact that he's hit it and it's rising, the, keep, the keeper wasn't really going to get to it and then it just kind of nestles in the roof of a net. Dave? The, the run is brilliant, but the finish is, is unsafe for work. It's absolutely superb. And I think that's the, that's the difference between him and Griffiths is that with Griffiths, in that exact same scenario, obviously different side because they're um, right and left foot. Griffiths is good at the the instinctual stuff. He's the ones that come to him, the kind of the sclaffs, whereas Edwards, when he's got that extra second, composes himself so much more. I feel like Griffiths kind of ties himself in knots a wee bit. And actually, I think it's... Um, obviously, there's been a lot made of the comparison with him and um, Morelos, is that Morelos is more like Griffiths where he does the instinctual stuff quite well yeah. and he gets so many so many goals which I think if you were to compare him and Griffith's goals the style of goal that they score is pretty similar um, whereas Edward's all about just that extra wee second and as um, some man says when he goes through one on one you just bank on him to score every single time um, and as you see, there's a lot of comparisons between Morelos and Eddie but I don't think it's it's apples and pears as it's apples and pears let's take the words right out of my mouth yeah. I mean <clears throat> Morelos is I think I've said before he's, he's strong his movement's quite good but in terms of finishing um, in terms of all around quality I, 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 I think there's only one winner there and the assist from Lustig is he back in the good books Gion? <laughs> for a lot of while I get an assist um, I mean, it was, it was a gateway of directing the header out, but well, I mean, he was just obviously cleaning up the park. So he was. Um, what? How dare you? I'm telling <laughs> Shocking. Gal. You see, You can see from the... I don't know if it, There's the Celtic TV angles. I think that's behind the goals, actually, but there's the, the angle directly from our goal looking at him. You can see what's happening. PC Lustig, he's in control of the situation. I like that. Uh, the, the I don't know if a tweet or somebody put a picture of. He's actually got his pin boots. He's got it's a hoodie pin boots. New suits he did. Yeah. Oh, did he? After did the he? game, eh? he's, he's in pin boots in it. So it was magic. Um, to be fair, I I would <clears throat> happily keep Lustig for another year or two because you can't afford to have no right backs. Now we don't have right backs. He, he's he's not a number one right back, but he's able to come in and, and back up. He knows he knows about the club. He knows what's required when it comes to winning football and, and winning tro- uh, titles and all that. We still need that, so it would be daft to get rid of him. Um, so I'd be no, I'd be really happy because uh, I'm just not too much of a fan of Anthony Ralston either yet. But then I suppose he needs to be given a chance. But no, nah, when, when there's so many players and positions we're moving but between like end of contracts and uh, loan deals there's a number of players that need to come in we may as well just keep with someone that we know and we can trust um, for as a part of a backup and squad I need, to, I need to shout out to Louis last week throwing Ralph Chops under the bus along with Sam nah, he's not he's not good enough for Celtic even though it was him that coined the Ralph Chops phrase he was a right sided KT <laughs> Yes, another player thrown under the bus by Mr McCaffrey. Hi, Louis. <laughs> Dave, do you want to start any feuds with anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Not in my debut. I'll leave that for the uh, uh, for the second appearance, I think. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Lustig, 
Would you have him? Would you have him as a backup? Would you have him as a first choice right back next season? I'm a total apologist. I'm a big, big Lustig fan. I think for where we are, he is the perfect second choice right back for next season in that he can play centre half as well. You know, some would argue to what extent he can play centre half, he can he can play there technically. Um and, you know, he's been about he's vice captain. Um I wouldn't have him as first choice next season. We do need a right back, much as it, it pains me to admit. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you're happy with um, if you're happy with Lustig, I, I think most people would agree we need another right back. Ralston it is a bit harsh, but just doesn't look like he's there. Um, and things can change. Obviously, the other problem as well we have we realistically need three centre halves as well. I don't think we're going to be able to go out and buy three centre halves. So the fact that he can fit <coughs> both positions kind of helps matters a bit as well. Yeah. I, I'd maybe. St- I'd say we probably need two centre backs, but yeah, we've we only got Iron Yozo, and that's it. Aye. Jack Hendry's not good enough. Don't have compare either. So you're looking for between four and five. Yeah. There's times when we've had five this season and we've been struggling. Not enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of Lustig, I don't really. I don't. I mean, it was quite emotional at the end when they said this might be your last game for Celtic, and you could see, you can see what a servant he's been at the club and what he's done, but. You know, that famous catchphrase wasn't coined for no reason. He's not... Um, I, don't, I don't think he's up to the standard that we need anymore. That doesn't necessarily mean I would get rid of him. I would keep him. But I think we need to be looking for a better standard of first choice right back. I mean, some of the guys were malinked in January in terms of... Um, what's the, the guy that played for Olympiacos, the right back? El... Ew. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> can't remember. Had had uh, had uh, had do or something. Yep. Just a bit racist. Just N- mildly. <laughs> no, well, yeah, no, a bit like Gal's pronunciation of that Swedish team on the director of football podcast, which I begun listening to as we discussed earlier. Yep. Um, and um, Castagne, the the boy from um, uh, uh, Atalanta. Uh, yes. Now whether or it's either of them, I don't know, um, but. Maybe that's the sort of level we should be looking at, but absolutely, I think a guy like Lustig's experience um, would, would be really, really something you'd want to keep around the club. And if he's not expected to play every week, he might be fresher when he does come in. Um, so, but in terms of his days as our number one right back, I, I would have to say I still think they're done. Um, so we kind of went on a wee tangent there talking about transfers and that when we were still in the final. <laughs> Um, although there wasn't that much we scored the goal and then we just dominated hearts because fuck hearts but I wouldn't say we dominated them but you know we won the game so that's enough um, I, think, I think it was a fact that we just we kept going and we dug out a result <clears throat> it shows us a true sign of the champions that we have been for the last well, last eight years but obviously the last three years for all competitions it's just the ones that we, we'd never know when to give up yeah. which Scott is Brown a, a good thing to have when to give up um, Boston Bossed them in their faces. Sorry. Okay. Carry on. Um, but I so we obviously, obviously we kept kind of kept playing and we just kind of battled away and then we got reward for it, um, which I think I think has been a good thing. That's probably one thing that Lennon's potent has brought in. Which you don't really want Before that we were never having to Score winners in injury time And score winners at late on We were kind of more 
control of the goal, but of the game. But in the last couple of weeks, he has kind of got that kind of never say die kind of attitude. Just play to the very final whistle, which something we hope we'll have to take into the next season as well. Potentially, I think what was key when we're talking about Scott Brown is when they went one 0 up. Um, we haven't even discussed their goal actually maybe we need to come to the, the defending that was involved in that but when they went 1-0 up key players started started to perform better and Brown Brown was bossing faces into walls as, I mean it was it was it was a captain's performance you've seen him at the very end when he was digging and it was just pure heart and grit and it goes back to the point I made about the players running in fumes they did. They, they were just. They just dug it out. That was what was so impressive about it. That was the most impressive thing about it was the sheer will to win. Because it's. It could be dead easy just to say, look, we've we've ran our course. This is really difficult for us. We can't. Um, we, we, you know, we, we just couldn't get over the line. But they just wanted it. They just wanted it more. And and Brown kind of. You know. Uh, encapsulated that for me in terms of his drive and his dig and his will to win at the end it was great so one thing Hearts players don't have enough of is that kind of player who does kind of dig in <clears throat> and tries to kind of get their team going which I think obviously kind of helped us in the end Dave I think talking about Scott Brown in the latter couple of years it's been more about the intangibles it's more about what he what he brings to the team that you can't really quantify although since Lennon's come in and actually I suppose before that with the, um, the Rugby Park winner there's been a couple of moments um, where he's actually contributed in the football in sense like the the ball for the the Eddie goal at Tynecastle is oh, yes. sensational that was outstanding and um, it was probably the only thing about us on uh, Saturday that was vintage was was brown once we went 1-0 down was was superb yeah, um, and I think obviously Eddie's performance was was pretty outstanding as well. Um, winning that legitimate penalty and, <laughs> and uh, scoring that goal as well. Um, so Manny, you mentioned the uh, the goal. I was just going to ask you, Dave. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, where. Celtic players at fault was Bain at fault was it the defence was it a bit of everything we like to blame people <coughs> who can we blame it was a bit of the it was quite a way in Europe omni shambles <coughs> where you can see the danger coming and it's the thing of clear it now five years later clear it now clear it now oh my god shit we're 1-0 down just boot it just boot it out of the park so Manny yeah I mean <clears throat> The wee flick, the wee back heel was was quite clever, but everything in terms of um, the lead up to that, the ball getting across, the weakness of the tackle, Bain, I wouldn't blame Bain so much for it, but, you know, he, he was kind of caught with his legs wide open. I think um, the main thing I remember from seeing it was no midfielder covered the, the run of him. I'm sure he kind of runs from kind of the edge of the box to the yeah. back and not a midfielder falls him. I think Forrest let him get over. I think it was Forrest. Um, if memory serves, let him let, the, let your man come over a bit um, a bit too easily as well. But as Dave says, it really did it, it did seem like a European away goal that we could, we'd concede. Um, 
and I, I, as I say, I mean, I thought the wee flick from uh, the Hearts player was was nice, but it, the rest of it was just really poor defending. Um, but I suppose in terms of you know the reaction to it, maybe it did wake us up a bit. But at that point, you were thinking, based on what we'd seen for the first sixty minutes, what are we going to do here? Do you know how how are we going to how are we going to um, overturn this? But poor, it wasn't it wasn't something that you know you. you you would expect because we've conceded so few goals this season and even more recently I think we've been hard hard to score against maybe some goals have been difficult to come by but um, yeah it was it was particularly poor I thought yeah and that just with because our, our defensive performance well our, our number of goals conceded and our clean sheets have been great this season but would you put that down to just our dominance and the of possession and of attacks against teams or has our defence actually maybe been overly uh, been overly critical of our defenders this season I'd have said sorry I don't think an improvement in Yozo since January yeah, I think yeah, has been a yeah. factor I think he's he's definitely upped his performance now he's he's cut out a lot of the stupid mistakes he used to make there's still a mistake in him but there's a mistake in everyone in the back along the back four as well but uh, I think initially him and Benkiewicz got a good partnership going I don't know if that because they were the same like they're from the same country so I don't know if that kind of helps factors with them but even when it became him and Ayer I feel as well I think the two of them really kind of most of the times kind of helped each other out um, he seems to have um, he seems to have got a bit more, more confidence when coming out of the ball I know it's that an awful lot I think but, uh, by doing that as well I think he was key in the fact that he was smart when he went forward there was nobody about to kind of give him pressure so you could step forward with the ball bring the ball forward and then something, then quickly release it off not kind of take a step forward when there's people near him that's going to pressure him quickly he's going to lose the ball but he, he kind of he chose the right time to do it yeah. um, so I, th- I think I think Yozo's improvement I think it's probably going a, a good way towards it I'll hold my hands up I, at the start of the season would have said that Yozo was probably done it was the the red at Ibrox which you can I think you can debate whether or not it is a red and how much contact there is the Morelos elbow yeah. um, that was a red I've got three Rangers fans <laughs> currently surrounding me but it's one of them where he's given the ref a decision to make and then that that red card against uh, Alaska in the first home game of the season where he's just absolutely nailed the boy for no reason in the middle of, yeah, that was the, middle of the park he, he's got that that um, not even the kind of Ambrose momentary lapse it's uh, it's just a real it's inexplainable a couple of the moments he's had but no he's been especially since Lennon came in he's been he's been very good and actually when's the last time you could say that Celtic have had four centre-halves who've had all had good seasons when you think him, Benkovic, Boyata, Ayer have all been in and out and all done pretty well on the whole. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. And just thinking about Yozo's kind of improvement in form, just what you're talking about there, is discipline since the turn of the year? I can't think of any real tackles where you'd think that's just really fucking stupid. No, no, I can't think of it. None at all. So, level-headed Neil Lennon has had a calming influence it's, on Yozo. He's, he's, yes, I, he's... <laughs> Learn from my mistakes, Hozo. Um, I'm the. I mean, since he has been, he has been fairly impressive in the games that he's played. I'd like to see him do it for a bit longer before I anoint him our first choice centre half. Um, he's because we have seen him be rash. One of the other things as well is he's obviously had his knee problems and things like that. 
and playing on some of the plastic pitches in the SPL. I think Benkovic was the same. I think we've had concerns about playing a few of our players on that pitch. So, I mean, but, um, people are talking about Ayer and Simunovic being the partnership going forward. I'm not. That, that could very well be the case, but I think it's a bit premature for us to anoint them and say they're going to be our, our centre-half pairing. Um, certainly, I would still have question marks over Simunovic in Europe, but um, it remains to be seen. But certainly, his, his form's definitely been a lot better recently. So here's a question for you. Atlanta, why not come in with five, six million pounds for Euros in the summer? I don't know how long he's got in his contract, but let's assume there's a few years in. Atlanta? What, the USA? <laughs> yes. Yes, right. Uh, yep. I'll, MLS I'll, is I'll, rich, <laughs> my friend. I would sell straight away to them. Um, Atalanta. Atalanta. Um, would we take six million pounds? It's always with the same caveat. It's the, the reason why we didn't sell Boyata at the start of the season, you'd need, some, you'd need a proper replacement in. So, I mean, if you can get somebody, you know, better for or, or as good for less than that, then you would you would probably sell them. They obviously lined up because <clears throat> if it's fir- if it's first day of the transfer window and it happens, and then you go down to one cent and a half. If you Aberdeen come in, Scott McKenna for Yuzo, and we give them two million as well. Bargain, sign me up. So are they still are they really want six million pound for McKenna? No, it's well, they held the not back five, didn't they? <laughs> January. I've no. I'd, I just want to state clearly for, for the pod um, I don't want us to sign Scott McKenna I'll, I'll second that And Yozo you're holding on to? Or sell on the Privet That's the one um, That uh, we can get someone else in if it, if it was lined up If they were in the door Then I think that's, that's good business um, But you know We've seen the um, the issues of not having a lineup, not having a um, replacement lined up with the fucking manager for a start. How much yeah. money did we get for Brendan? And look where we are now. We get nine million, and we've got a safe pair of hands. But we'll get to the eight point seven five million in the bank. That's all you need to look at. Mm. Now we've got Lennon in, yeah. um, which we we can. I don't know. Probably need an upgrade in disco lights at Celtic Park, don't we? So. Because we're certainly not going to spend it in players, but um, sorry, this is ninety minutes cynic, isn't it? But it is, we'll leave it that's at that. why we're here. That's why this was started to be cynical. Uh, but before we get cynical, um, but was there any other points about the game anyone wanted to make other than we pumped hearts, get it right up you, treble, treble winners? That was all I was going to say. Treble, I, treble. I thought N- nothing else matters. <clears throat> I thought the celebrations afterwards in the city was. Well, was pretty good. I quite enjoyed that myself. Um, That's a beautiful. I, head, I, I headed in for the parade. Obviously, it was cancelled, but then I kind of continued up. I was at the bottom of Salt Market, so I continued up to the. Young cancelled the Kieran. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> wish I could have. Um, and it was just this, just a sea of of people. I mean, the amount of fans turned out was just. You never thought it actually would that many would come out. Then you would, and then you, I mean, you went up to the Gallagher, and it was just, just as packed all. I mean, we did it all the way up to Hoops Bar, um, and then came back, and then obviously there was a kind of big party started outside, just the, the cross, the Crystal Bell, and then um, it was just a kind of slow procession. Through, 
town, but along the Trongate, along Agel Street, along Queen Street, up to the Moda, out to the statue. What's the statue again? I always forget. Goma, and that's the Wellington. The Wellington's there, so they're all climbing all over that as well, and then pretty much finished up in George Square, and I think it was just pretty much a party until <laughs> you, get, you, you were kind of heading home. But uh, the one thing <clears throat> I was saying to you as well, it was a really good party atmosphere. It was really, it, it wasn't, it wasn't nasty. There wasn't people out there to destroy the place. They weren't jumping in cars or smashing windows and that. It was a real, real good atmosphere. Everyone was really happy and dancing about and singing and everything like that. And I know it's been about three years in the town. <laughs> Magic. I, I ended up walking up to, I got as far as the Brazen Head and then... Aye, it was just like... So you managed to see the bus then? I did see the bus. So that you? was me and the 90 Minutes in it, running like a madman through the arch. Um, but it was it was like a, wee, it was a street party atmosphere. It was really nice. And as you say, there was loads of kids as well. So it was, although there was... Some people might have been drunk, drinking, you know, holy wine. <laughs> I'm not saying who. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a lovely atmosphere. And then we got to see the bus and it was great. See, the, <clears throat> I think... We're focused on the game and how the game itself wasn't much of a spectacle. And we may talk about the appointment of Lennon. I think it kind of hit me. I think I mentioned it in the WhatsApp Monday. A treble, treble. I mean, it's it rolls off the tongue. But see when you actually think of the magnitude of that. It's the fact incredible. that to win nine domestic trophies in a row. I mean, take all the other crap away. Take take everything about the performance of the game and maybe people's disappointment because they thought Mourinho was coming in but if you just focus on that as an achievement it's absolutely incredible and what you were talking about Kieran, was people properly celebrating and soaking that in and it's dead easy to focus on what's not right but I mean you just have to you just have to be you know blown away by what an achievement it is and sometimes when you're talking about it it's easy to forget that and even when we've been recording this tonight you know you've been you're thinking to yourself why am I talking about the negatives when we really should be talking about just how amazing the fact is that I mean nobody had done a double treble and then we've done it for a third season nobody's going to do that nobody's going to do we'll not see that again I'm getting goosebumps yep just thinking it just going over it again it's but it but that's exactly it. It's 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 un unbelievable, and I, as I say, it kind of sunk in a bit on Monday. But I think I think it will be you know maybe a year from now or whatever in the future down the road you'll actually think back and go I, I can't believe we actually managed to do that. And uh, you know talking about the nineties and all that you know we remember the nineties when we we couldn't buy a trophy we couldn't buy you know we went six years without winning anything. Um, you know sometimes we should maybe just savour the good times and realise just how, how special and this was forget as well <clears throat> we started that, that we started the three years off with an invincible season as well yeah I mean we, we, we were well. ranking the trebles you know the other day and, and stuff like that and the first one probably was the best but just to group them all together it was just, it is absolutely remarkable because there's there's been dominant teams in Scottish football several times none of them have came close to doing this so it's, I think sometimes it's important to take a wee step back and appreciate it so just to be clear mm-hmm. uh, Chris Armani yes. official quote uh, Neil Lennon's treble treble winning side is better than the Lisbon Lions you heard it here first people <laughs> that was definitely what Chris Armani just said uh, uh, <laughs> that, that, that is exactly what I said yes 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 slight paraphrasing but pretty much you know I, you took a bit of poetic license but I'll let you do that good good 
Dave? Um, I'm going to take the bullet. That was that was powerful. <laughs> take the take the bullet for speaking first after Sermani there. Mm-hmm. Just to just to roll back to the game um, briefly. The only negative about the result was that we didn't get the magnificent Levine cam that they did at uh, at Tynecastle for Eddie's winner there, where we got that that shot of. Levine is the winner goes in panning across to our celebrations that Sky cameraman double their salary and the fact that we didn't get that at Hamden was was a wee shame disappointing but you know you know um, and it was it was it was fantastic and just when you mentioned Levine there as well as just thinking of uh, made by Frankie had some illustrations fortunately were all hearts ones but they were all amazing on on the BBC so shout out to Frankie she's been phenomenal this season as have all of our contributors so a big thank you to all of them this isn't a goodbye I'm just I just <laughs> just remind me yeah uh, rides off into the sunset um, but I a treble treble it really is incredible um, absolute dominance uh, and just to think not that long ago some people were shouting about Glasgow being blue because they'd won a game um, nine trophies in a row wee man just, uh, uh, wee man being a any <laughs> no. well you are a Rangers fan actually so yeah that'll do uh, that, was, that was probably you that was quoting um, what were you gentlemen doing how did you celebrate the treble treble anything exciting you with your children and whatnot? would probably be no just with pints that was I yeah, paints. Yeah, not climbing on statues or up traffic lights. Or uh, I was driving, and the uh, I drove to the Priory Inn in Blanter, where uh, my girlfriend lives. We watched it with with her pals, and it was it was good. It was good. Well, it was good for about forty minutes, which I'm sure we'll we'll come on to. Well, let's let's just fire right in because we've been it's been quite positive for quite a while, and uh, we don't like that. We're not positive. We're not here to be positive. Um, and I, again, just a shout out to anyone that's not listened to the reaction pod. If you've got the Patreon, give that a listen. It is worth the first month alone. That that oh, reaction pod beautiful. is is the, superb. It's a great podcast. Um, you've got Graham on there. You've got Denny, Gal's dad. You've got Gal talking away, enjoying it. But then just the, the news comes through live, and it's 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 priceless. If you don't have the Patreon, sign up. Sign up just for the month to listen to that, and then see where you go. Um, Forget to cancel. That's why you're saying that. That is, it's the old Amazon Prime. That's the, <laughs> that's the that's the beauty of it. But yes, so um, not long after, um, we'd won the treble. Treble. Uh, the boys had been out. They'd celebrated. Neil Lennon's having a shower, I believe. Yes. Um, Peter Lowell comes in. I don't know if he takes his suit off to come into the shower, or if he's in his suit. Uh, Peter Lowell comes in, possibly in a sodden suit, and tells Neil Lennon. I would like to offer you the job. <laughs> Neil Lennon turned round. Before he's got a chance to even give him the answer to that, Lowell's ran away, not wanting to hear the, the answer to the question. And then informed us. That's what I've taken from it. Well, that's what we've been told, and that's yep. that's all we can we can drive from it. Yep. Um, not to spoil the, um, the reaction, but Gal's reaction as the news comes in is pretty I think pretty representative of the fan base it certainly was the pub that, that we were in the the collective fuck was was audible, start. audible yeah. fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the, the there's so much wrong with it 
um, the the worst comparison for me is that you compare it to what we did with Brendan, which was Lowell at the absolute peak of his powers that we announced Brendan with basically a very little leak yep. at all. Like I saw a couple of um, of the IT cares say maybe on the day or the day before that it was happening, but other than that, it was I don't even really think he was mentioned by the bookies, and he was announced on the Friday of the Rangers Hibs Cup final. Which and then the unveil, unveiling on the Monday is that's perfection. That's yeah. that is superb. To then compare that to that debacle, forty five minutes after the full time whistle in the showers, to not even have a definitive answer as well is an absolute omni shambles. It's mental. And again, we've we've said this before in the pod. Now, not very many people on this podcast wanted Neil Lennon. But we respect him. We thank him for his service. Well done. Sorry for your loss. Uh, <laughs> but, but I don't even know what my point was. Why? Why? Why not just give us the day? But I mean, <clears throat> it's that, that that whole scenario you put out there about the shower just, you know, made it seem even more <laughs> bizarre. It's like that. <laughs> He's, he's in the shower and you know doing what you do in the shower and he turns around Peter Lowe standing there and goes like that just throws him a wee wink and says it's you the new gaffer Neil thanks very much thanks very much Peter and they, they part their ways I mean it's <laughs> it just seems bizarre it's just thanks for sharing that with us Neil because that, that, that wee anecdote has made us all delighted that you're new, the new manager here uh, did, then, did Neil not then how, did Neil announce it to the players he was taking it because it was not meant to be a cheer in the dressing room by the players when it was I'm assuming maybe Neil's came out of the shower and went that's not boys I've just been offered the job and guess what I'm taking it they were there it's a communal shower a communal shower <laughs> Peter Law came how, in. How can they cheer if um, Peter's walked out and Neil's not said yes yet? So what are they cheering about? They're cheering about just the, cheering offer. the offer. Cheering at the offer. Peter came in, had a sly look at Scott Brown just to check out his junk. We all would have done it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> said, Neil, the job's there if you want it. And fucked off before he's answered. <laughs> Straight into a press conference to yep. get announced to the whole of the country. Oh, by the way, I've just had, I've just offered the job to you, but I don't get an answer yet. What they what they didn't tell you is uh, just before uh, this happened, Benitez was about to walk in the dressing room, right? And Lol Lol puts hand over the door and says, "Rafa, you're going to need to go, son. Cheerio." They sent him back up the road in his limo. He walked into the shower, announced it was Lennon, and the cheers went up. It was just, it was, it was a beautiful moment. The fact is, Rafa then came back in, clapped Neil Lennon, and said, "The better man won. Game was done. Pointed the ball." <laughs> I'm not I'm not that familiar with uh, upper management structures, but I'm sure it's perfectly normal that the chief exec has seen basically every main staff member below him's balls. Yep, I'm sure that's that's, that's how perfectly it works. perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works that way in the finance industry, um, various of our businesses. I've clearly only ever been to very very stuffy formal job interviews. Well, it's not it's not a job. Well, actually, I suppose that was a job interview yeah. of sorts. <laughs> Neil yeah okay I like this I like what I see I'd like to 
like to offer you the job. Jesus fucking Christ. He announced that we've offered somebody the job. He didn't, uh, he didn't announce we have given a manager the job. He offered that we have announced we have offered the job to somebody. Then then he made it even better the next day, saying, oh, this squad doesn't need an overhaul. It was almost, it was almost like, you know, the, the biscuit tin got, you know, yep. the, the seal went on it even tighter. It was like, we've offered Neil Lennon the job in the shower and we're not spending any money in players. And then ran away, and it was. But worse than that, because he played with us a little bit. Because he said, I've, "I've offered it to Neil. He's got an eye for a player, doesn't Neil? <laughs> what an eye! <laughs> Players, he can he can spot a player from a mile away, a mile away. Next day, oh, he won't be he won't be buying any players. There's no need for that. I mean, he's got the eye, but he won't be allowed to use it. No, uh, that's it. He's, he, Neil spotted a lot of wonderful talent for uh, for Celtic. Unfortunately, his budget doesn't stretch to signing any of them. Thanks, thanks very much, Pierre. But um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, terrific. So just bizarre. So I mean, you getting going. What's Pierre been doing for the last two or three months? They put they put him in interim charge. He's Claiming he's not interviewed MD. But he has received applications, which he's filed. He's got a system. He knows how to find an application very quickly. But <laughs> You were talking about classic law, about the way he announced Rogers on the Friday and, he, and announced... Um, they unveiled him on the Monday. This was classic law in terms of... Oh, season ticket uh, renewal deadline, 11th of May. Um, don't forget to pick up the Evening Times this week where Jose Mourinho has been uh, <laughs> offered a deal by the Celtic job. <coughs> Celtic haven't, haven't offered it to Jose because we're going for Rafael Benitez. Uh, don't forget season ticket deadline day, 11th of May. <laughs> then, 45 minutes after an unprecedented historic treble, it's Neil Lennon and you've already re- renewed your season ticket. <laughs> ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha! Ha! Dave, <laughs> taking the bullet again there. Yep. Um, I do apologise to whoever it was on Twitter that pointed this out, and I've completely stolen the patter. I, I do apologise. Um, after the game at Ibrox, I saw that someone pointed out that Lennon has used tiredness or fatigue in pretty much all of his post-match interviews, which. So are the players unfit? Are we not rotating enough? And if we don't have, do we not have the squads to complete? You know, c- complete this season. It's just and just to go on that um, that Lowell. We don't need a squad overhaul. Comment. We, yeah, I mean, we are literally this squad is at the end of it, its life. It's the team is basically Ronnie Dyla's team with a couple of additions. Which is scary. Yes, it is. But clearly, any they must be... They watch the games. There's no way they don't know that we need a substantial number of players and not just to back up the squad. We need first-team players in a yeah. number of positions. See, I suppose to get away from... The way the way that Law played it, right? That's what annoys that that actually annoys me a bit more. It annoys me, in fact, probably more than a bit more than Lennon actually getting the job because it's 
it's the way he announced it. It's the comments he made after it. It it, it does nothing to take away from the fact that your immediate thought is we are penny punching, we are scaling back um, expectations and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's just... It's, I wouldn't say it's cheating the fans, but it, it's treating the fans like idiots. I mean, we've we, we're the ones that pay the money to see that. We watch them. We, we we you know we go to the games. We know how tired this team is. We know that not only do we need first team players to get as close to the level we were in Rogers' first season, but we need other squad players who are going to be able to come in and fill in for them. The idea that we can add two players or something to this team and they're going to be able to perform the way they have been is just, it's clearly not the case now his comments said you could interpret them in one way you, you could you could interpret them saying oh we're not you know we don't need to you know strip the squad out or still the nucleus of a good side there and I would agree that yeah, there's, there's truth to that there's, there's, there's certainly we've got we've got key players in key positions right but because of the way that they announced it, because they were happy to to let the big names float about there, um, but you know, up to the renewal day, your immediate reaction is you're doing this on the cheap, and you're basically saying temper your expectations. We are not going to sign the key players that you think we are, and that has kind of deflated deflated the support now. Most people, I don't think I spoke to anybody who, who um, where Lennon was their first choice, right? But we're Celtic fans, but you know we love the club. We're all going to get behind Neil Lennon, right? But if there's a dip in quality in terms of manager and it's Lennon, the most the the, the biggest key thing in the summer is recruitment. It's actually backing the appointment with the money to buy players in key positions to go forward. So if we don't get either of them, if we don't get the the, the you know the high level manager that we wanted and you don't back Lennon with the recruitment then you know Celtic fans across the country are feeling like they've been taken for a mug and I think that's his comments really bothered me more than um, the, the Lennon appointment I, I just think I mean, time will tell it might be wrong we might make these signings and things like that that we know we all need but forgive me for being cynical about it I just think that he's basically came out after we achieved what most people would think is unachievable and he's tempered the expectations and that I think that's the general mood with a lot of Celtic fans just now The other thing as well you've got, we've got to be careful is all the backroom staff now Neil's philosophy of football is not going to be anywhere near Rodgers um, and a lot, of the, a lot of the personnel he brought in suppose you hear her a bit surprised about the way Lennon does his kind of training and his, his thoughts of the game, his tactics and all that um, you're going to start losing some of those kind of key personnel as well you're, where you're going to be able to fill them back with quality we don't know Rogers had a bit of a big pull as a manager Lennon's not got that Lennon's not got the kind of the kind of big name down south and all that so that's going to hinder us a little bit as well and I think that definitely will have an impact. I still think players are going to want to come to Celtic or not. I think there's an element there's probably, there's some players where BR might, BR for me, the rat. Yes, nice. Is that your first the rat? That was my first one, yeah. Beautiful. Um, Where yes, he, his reputation might have helped us, but generally I don't see us losing hundreds of players simply because we don't have a literally a humanoid rat splinter splinter from the turtles because <laughs> the other thing Joe, is, is it, 
not spending this money. It's like there's there's talk of all this money sitting there. What, what on earth can we think they'd be saving it for? Um, Failing to qualify for Europe because we've appointed uh, a poor manager and not given them money to spend. Peter's famous heated driveway um, is apparently apparently on the blink. We, we can't have him <laughs> shoveling snow. You're uh, saying that? I mean, we've got the light, so maybe a heated the Celtic way. That's an idea. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, look, <laughs> what would you would you want a top class central centre half striker and midfielder, or be able to take your socks and shoes off to walk up the Celtic way in the way of the game? You need to balance these things mm, up. I think it is. There's decisions that have to be made. <laughs> Does get cold out, cold out in the winter? Yeah. Like that, thought that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm coming round to that, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm just. Aye. Why? Just why? Peter Lowell. I've been a big Peter Lowell fan for a long time. I've been I've been on the Lowell train. Got all these albums. I've, oh, the huge number. I've got the B sides. I've got the collections, obviously. Um, but why is he. What's he done? What's he done? To to coin a phrase, he's he's done a Brendan. I think I think he had no idea how badly the fan base would take this because I think that there's there's an element of the fan base that would have forgiven another tight summer if he'd went out and got a proper Brendan esque appointment. If that was our big summer sign, was we've got out and got a proper manager. I think people would have been rightly annoyed that we weren't going to back them but if we got a manager quote unquote for the 10 I think people would have forgiven him I think as Samani said to not to get the one of the kind of lower rung candidates and then also not back them is unforgivable yeah and this is the thing it is it's endangering the 9 and I'm not even going to talk about the 10 it's endangering the 9 if they are literally saying one or two signings in the summer that's not enough no, you're, you're right, and I was talking to um, a mate of mine today about this in terms of when Rangers were going for 10 in a row in the 90s, if you looked at it objectively, we probably had no right winning the league at that point in terms of the amount of money we spent, um, in terms of the fact that they had been consistently had won the league up to that. What got us over the line was, okay, we signed some really key players in, in, in terms of we had Lambert and we had Larson and things like that. That, but it was that sheer determination to stop it, right? And at our peril, we underestimate how much they want to stop us. Now, I said we ended up winning the game on Saturday because our will to win was a bit greater than Hearts. We need to make sure our will to win the 10 is greater than their determination to stop it. And up until now, up until now, people have dismissed the fact that it's that you know it could happen they've just assumed that we're going to do it i think that's maybe part of the thought process a lot of celtic fans as a sobering thought not saying that we won't do it but saying it's possible that we might not do it for a number of reasons in terms of what's happened with rogers that lennon might not have been the man a lot of celtic fans wanted and then Lowell's comments about not um uh, maybe not recruiting in the way that we thought we recruited and i think this is key this is an important juncture you know, we need to. We I think people were aware we needed to get this right, and people aren't sure if we have. And I think that desire level needs to stay up there, um, and that needs to be across the board. The fans will obviously stay up there, but the playing squad and the manager need to keep it that high. And I think there's a question mark over that, and that might be what the problem is. You know. 
And then, I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Chris. 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 Um, so, Manny, the Rangers are no club of Lang, but we cannot afford <laughs> to Rocky free this. <laughs> set up the nice gem, have the cameras, have this sexy dancers around us and all sorts of crap and not pay attention we need focus we need players we need to be in the top of our game to get nine in a row it feels like Lawwell's calling Dave King's bluff he's saying going out to spend us which for as we press battle is it's fine but for the rest of us it's not <laughs> you know because they could well and I mean they, they spent us did they spend his last summer? It was close. When you think that we spent nine million quid on a striker, yeah. they spent a lot of money. I think they last might summer. have been closer to nine, and that would have taken us over there. Yeah, I've got a feeling I've seen something about sixteen million, but I might be making that up because I can't think who else we spent money on. I they signed a few players at the start of the season that ended up being nowhere. I mean, they they they, they, they spent quite a big money. They a, a winger, I think he was that. Uh, Krejna. Is that Grezna? Ah, yeah. It was the Albanian, was he? Yes, it was from the team they played. Right. He never played for them. He never kicked a ball for them, really. Um, the Croatian, I can't remember who they signed. Is it Katic? Barisic. Barisic. They, they spent a fair penny on him and then didn't play him. But I suppose what that showed you was is they were prepared to throw money at players if they thought they were going to be right. Uh, going to... Um, going to be successful for them they might very well do that again this summer now there's every chance you know they could get that wrong again they spent far too much money and they could implode but it might not it might be you know that's that's the whole thing have we taken an unnecessary risk it looks as if they're prepared to spend big money by their standards to try and catch us I like this idea from Dave though so we're basically throwing, he's thrown a faint law we said we don't need to spend that much Rangers go out and spend loads then we actually spend money utterly destroy them and to celebrate nine in a row Rangers also die which would be delicious if Sevgo were to pass away Kieran uh, <clears throat> you remember they're all, they're all getting caught up on the other side they're all getting caught up on the fact they beat us twice well granted you beat us twice you beat us twice when we didn't perform now I like to see you try and beat us when we did perform also, they, they, they didn't get many results against the rest of the league. The rest of the top six, they struggled against Aberdeen, Hibs. They didn't get, they didn't get Kilmarnock. I mean, they didn't get enough results against them. They need to remember that it's the whole league. Um, so I, I can't see them improving. Enough. I can't see them improving enough to be able to consistently win week in, week out. I don't think, I don't think they've got the capability of doing that, I don't think. Um, they must be, I mean, they absolutely must be raging they never won this season. Because we were so poor. Start of the season, first couple of months we were poor. I mean, I know we've done well over the last two, the last, the last couple of months, but we've had to dig out some results. Um, so they must really be, they must be really ruling the fact of they spent money last year and didn't beat us this year. Yeah, and that, to be fair, that that's poor by our standards, which have been treble treble standards. Um, but also, I think. Rangers have been shite for a long time, so even if they improve, and I don't, they definitely have improved, obviously, they've came second um, they did better in Europe, although it would be nigh on impossible for them not to do better in Europe, and in fact it would just be a fucking anomaly if they did as badly as they did because progress was a joke um, but <laughs> 
It was very good. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I think Rangers have got a long way to go. Unfortunately, our, our squad is coming to the end of a cycle and there's definitely fresh legs, fresh bodies needed in there. I think what um, what Keaton said was spot on. That I think the result in December made them think that this was the year. Because you can see with their, their January... Um, that transfer window was so counter to the one in summer when you look at the profile and the age of the players that they signed they signed Defoe and Davis thinking we're going to win the fucking league that experience to get us over the line thanks yeah I mean I think there was people in the Celtic support that were a wee bit upset by it as well um, not upset but a bit uh, unsettled because there's no doubt that Davis and Defoe were good players but they're not particularly now what I remember thinking at the time though that both of them were a huge risk because if they're going down that road if they're going down that market you know guys in their you know twilight years who at one point you know were very good players you know, you might get that last bit of football out of them or you might just end up with a huge wage bill. You might just end up carrying guys who aren't capable of performing over, you know, one or two seasons, you know. And Defoe scored a few goals since April, but between January and, and then, he was largely, largely anonymous, yeah. do you what, know what I mean? Whatever portion of his wages they're paying, yeah. it's too much for yeah, what he's contributed. He's, you know, you wouldn't say he's value for money, but... Again, it comes back to, you know, they might throw the, the roll the dice on a couple of other guys like that, or a couple of other players, and you know, get closer to us. I think that's that, that's still the concern. That's the danger. Um, we're coming close to time, but I was going to just go to Twitter and ask a couple of questions from there. We're all right with that, uh, unless there's any huge points that you want to make. Um, John B at Johnny B four seven seven, just talking about Neil Lennon. Well, uh, Neil Lennon now get carte blanche on his backroom setup uh, and gut the sports science he apparently doesn't value. Bring back Gary Parker, etc. Or will he be forced to keep uh, John Kennedy, Duff team, and other staff? So uh, I know we're all in the know. We've all got our links to Celtic, so we can definitely answer this accurately. But what what do we think will happen with it? I'm going to be optimistic and say no. I, d- I don't know. Do I have any basis for that opinion? Possibly not. Um, other than just blind optimism. That's what this is. That's what the podcast is. But very uncynical. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think my impression is he, he realises that there's a decent setup there. He's coming in after, you know, a, a rat, but a very good manager. So... Uh, from you know what what backroom staff he didn't take, it might be worth looking at them and keeping them. Uh, do we need a very highly paid chief exec if our level is hiring managers sacked by Hibs? That's coming from Irons at underscore ZSI Pod Zpod underscore. I don't think you can put a price on Peter Lowell. Um The fact that he's you know, appointing people when they're in the toilet and all that sort of stuff. So do we need, yes, three cheers for Peter. Let's give him a pay increase. Uh, Jamie that was sarcasm, by the way, in case you didn't know. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Uh, Jamie67 underscore. Jamie is... That, that, I fucked that up. Jamie, 
at Jamie67 underscore, just for clarity. Uh, is Peter Law the biggest risk to 10 in a row? Well, going by going by what's happened over the weekend, it would appear so. Um, if he's not, if he feel if he feels that the, the squad doesn't need added to or strengthened or backed, then it's, it's a very severe worry that that's going to be a threat to it. Yeah. Uh, and linking into that, Ross McKenzie underscore RDM seven underscore. Um, will Lennon realistically get as much of a transfer budget as likes of Rafa would have got? Rafa, who is definitely a viable manager that we might have got. Um, <laughs> Do we actually think I know we've just talked about The comments Law made But do we think he will get The budget Do you think he'll get backed He won't get the budget That I would have hoped That we'd have given to Jose A big name manager Yeah The hypothetical um, Dream manager Just I think just because of the um, Just because of the history Just because of the nature Of the appointment I don't see it Yeah The correct answer was No way Jose But Thanks for playing. Is your headline? Yep. <laughs> That's probably all we've got time for. But um, again, just fantastic. We won a treble treble, even if uh, Peter Lywell came out and, <laughs> <There it is. laughs> and ruined it 45 minutes into it. Um, and good luck to Neil Lennon. Uh, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're possibly the Celtic manager if you accept the job. <laughs> Which has been offered to you Fuck's sake Have a bath Think about it <laughs> um, Light some candles That's it Peter's going to get the Redox out <laughs> Couple of Yankee candles <laughs> What's your answer Neil? What's your answer? Oh. Still don't know yet Peter <laughs> Take your time You can't be too clean Neil We'll, we'll, uh, we'll revisit this later in the week Yep Get yourself into a spa We'll visit you there um, That's the I, Part of me was just like the fact they've offered that it is just giving Neil Lennon an out, but I think that was just me trying to justify in my head that it wouldn't be Neil Lennon. Why did they offer it and not? I don't know. I don't know. We won't. We won't. Um, so I. So. There you go. That's been our podcast. We are the 90 Minute Cynic. Thank you, Dave Flanagan. Fantastic, fantastic debut. Thank you very much. Christopher Sormani. Been another wonderful season on the 90 Minute Cynic. Yeah, there may be some Patreon content uh, you might I might find myself on, but other than that, looking forward to next season. There you go. If you don't want to wait a couple of months to hear more Chris Sormani, get yourself on that Patreon. Patreon.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. Kieran Hallen been a pleasure the freight train it's always a pleasure being on this podcast it's a fantastic show I'm always glad to be a part of it look to be part of it more next season hopefully powering forward and we'll be there to support Neil and get another title in the bag hopefully the freight train that's a possible Patreon podcast I've just made up you could be hearing <laughs> next season who's to say um, please check us out on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook on Flipbook on all the things but really really Patreon because you know Chris Gallagher he's giving up his job he was a high powered exec he was making decisions like Peter Law no he wasn't but he's given up his job get on the Patreon couple of pints a month and you'll get all all the Celtic podcasts you need 
into your luck holes. I'm, I'm just rambling. Somebody put a stop to it. Um, thanks for listening. We will see you down the road.